Key Biscayne Stories collects the history of our beautiful island. This is your host, Alejandro Cervalli, and I am a certified key rat for many, many years and counting. Join me and you will get to know your neighbors and their love for this slice of paradise we call home. So stay tuned, relax, and enjoy these great Key Biscayne Stories. Skaners, Key Rats, welcome to another episode of Kibi Skin Stories. I'm excited today. We have here with me Adan Sierra and Rodrigo Zuloaga. They are co-founders of Lion Field Capital. Uh, they are an entrepreneurial venture to acquire and operate a great company for the long term. So we're here to learn about them, their Kibi, their Kibi Skin story, because they're both, and they're both local, of course, uh, and... Um, and we're here to learn more. So welcome. Welcome, gentlemen. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Alejandro. Pleasure. Great to be here. Thank you so much, Alejandro. Pleasure. Uh, please, and pleasure is all mine. Thank you. So let's get to know you guys. So let's see. Who wants to go first telling their story about how they got to the key? <laughs> um, I guess I guess I can go first because I just got here. But uh, <laughs> yeah. It's got no, seniority. So, so <laughs> exactly. So I'm originally from Venezuela. Um, came to the States for college in Boston and, you know, met my, what was then my girlfriend and future wife. Uh, she grew up in the island. So when I moved to Florida after college, ended up in Key Biscayne and, you know, loved the island, been here ever since. And, you know, that's, that's how I got here. What did you study? I started finance and uh, management. That's a good combo. Yep. Good combo. And yeah. is, is your is your now wife also from the key? She is originally from Colombia. Um, moved to Kibiscane when she was 15 and basically grew up here until she went off to college. I know you guys have children, right? We do. We have a four-year-old daughter, beautiful daughter, lives with us in the island. <laughs> Congrats. That's your thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, maybe she's old enough to, you know, live somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know nowadays. Awesome. Well, thank you. What about you, Adan? I, uh, so I'm fairly new. Got to the key on uh, October, uh, sort of by accident. Uh, you know, it's a, you know, bit of a longer story, but uh, we were in DC, you know, in Washington, DC, and uh, my wife and I were working from home. Um, and my in-laws are here, right? So, so my wife grew up in Miami and uh, we wanted to give it a try. She was super pregnant and we said, hey, you know, might as well just kind of, you know, be close to family and uh, decided to, you know, pack our things and, and move temporarily to, uh, to Miami. And funny enough, in the middle of the pandemic, as you probably uh, anticipate, you know, everybody was living their apartments, right? And, and just people were working from home. They were sick from being locked up at home with the dog, with the kids. So a lot of the people kind of moved out of their apartments and moved to a bigger place, either in Colorado, what have you, right? Everybody left. So, so we ended up, uh, we moved from my house in DC to a, to a 
to a temporary apartment, to a furnished temporary place in, in Key Biscayne, and, um, and loved it. We, it was my first time there. My wife had been there, visited, and, and, and we really liked it. And uh, we, you know, we like it so much, we, we just made it a permanent move. Uh, we basically are finding a way to bring all of our stuff here and, uh, and leave our place in D.C. It's been a wonderful experience. What did you mean by super pregnant? What, what is the difference between a regular oh, she, pregnant? No, no. She was eight months pregnant, right? So she, we were packing. And basically, you know, had she lifted one box uh, the wrong way, the baby would have, you know, popped out of her. That pregnant. Uh, it, was, it was very pregnant. And, uh, and we had a, a one, you know, one and a half uh, year old guy. And uh, it, was, it was quite the endeavor to just move everything um, here. I, I drove, you know, I basically stuffed my, my little sedan, packed it with things and, and drove down. Love it. Love it. Well, welcome yeah. to Kiwi Skane. Thank you. Welcome to Kiwi Skane. So, and you guys, you guys are friends, obviously. Can you, can you guys um, share a little bit about how this friendship became to be? Yeah, definitely. So we Had both it. went to uh, Kellogg Business School. They have a campus here in, in Miami. Uh, we did the executive program and just finished that in December last year. So, you know, ended up the program through the pandemic, but uh, started off in person. Uh, great program, by the way. Yeah, okay. so definitely, definitely recommend it. And then we, you know, story is a little bit longer. So we, we met in, uh, I guess, August 2018. Um, we had one of these first classes during during business school the, the professor just says like what do you what would you like to do post mba type of stuff right and uh rodrigo was kind of like one of the first one to raise his hand and uh you know he said hey i'm gonna acquire a company make a lot of money give back to the community and i was next so i said that sounds awesome i want to do exactly the same thing and uh in 2018 we we kind of started picking each other brains you know around around the idea of, uh, of raising a little fund and combining forces and, and, and partner up and doing this, right? Uh, we'll, we'll touch more on what exactly we're doing, but, uh, but it, was, it was a good, good, uh, good mix. Uh, at the time, I was working uh, at a small shop in investment banking. Rodrigo was growing uh, companies in healthcare. So it's a really solid mix of kind of that transactional background and operational background and, and uh, and it all worked out. So we kind of discussed this idea for a while. And probably around the summer of 2020, we kind of started, you know, digesting this a little bit more. And, and long story short, we ended up kind of kind of partnering up around September and went off to the races uh, four, four to five months ago. Rodrigo, do you... Uh... Do you agree with that um, statement of your friendship? <laughs> I agree with everything you said. I think, uh, yeah, uh, on, the, on the personal side, I think we, we also built a great bond. And it's what, you know, decided, made us decide to, to really make a partnership out of just that friendship, right? We share common values and kind of, you know, ha have the same, same, same set of goals, I would say, uh, for the medium and long term. Awesome. Great. So Lionfield, let's, let's jump into Lionfield. What, so we already got a little taste of why Lionfield started. Can we elaborate a little bit of the inspiration behind Lionfield? 
you want to take a stab at it? Yep. Sorry about that. Um, yeah, basically, you know, the whole idea for us is is really to 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 be entrepreneurs, right? That that's what got us into into this field. We but but we don't want to start from scratch. We really want to to do the buy and then build approach. So so what we set out to do was uh, you know set up this investment vehicle as an opportunity to find a great company that has solid grounds that an owner operator um, has you know grown to a decent size and 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 uh, that it's ready to take uh, I would say new ownership and, and go to the next level. And that may be for different reasons, right? Like we're really looking for for a situation, and and by that I mean, you know, an owner that is looking to step down for different personal reasons. It could be uh, just age and looking to retire. It could be health issues. It could be family issues. And um, the other the other good I would say situation is is when there's a company in need of management, and and we've seen a ton of those, right? Where the company has outgrown the founder, founder is a build, uh, you know, a builder, and and not really uh, manager, manager. And, and then it's, it's a great situation for us to step in and, and kind of take the torch and, and be that succession plan. Right. So, so that's, that's kind of the genesis of, of what is Biofield really in the end. Yeah. And, and I, I'd add, uh, Alejandro. So, you know, it, it sounds, it sounds fancy, right. You know, raise a little bit of money, look into the acquisitions, but, but, uh, if you really think about it, what, what, uh, kept us awake at night, when, when we started discussing this idea and the problem that we truly are trying to solve is around succession issues and the advent of uh, all these wealthy uh, generation of boomers really looking to, to retire, right? Every day there's, there's a ton of, uh, of uh, you know, 60, 70 year old gentlemen or, or in ladies looking to step down to their business, enjoy their golden years, enjoy their time with the grandchildren, and they don't have a lot of uh, alternatives. You know, it sounds it sounds counterintuitive because you think you think, all right, businessman, uh, you can probably kind of you know sell. But the reality is, for the size of businesses that we're looking at, which is you know under seventy five million dollars in enterprise value, there's not a lot. The, you know, companies of that size uh, typically get snubbed at by your typical private equity. Uh, shop or your typical financial buyer or other strategic buyers really struggle with, you know, with, with that integration for us, that's just our absolute sweet spot. And, uh, and it really shows when we talk with these business owners, um, for example, I talked with one gentleman today has a phenomenal business somewhere in Florida in the warehouse management sector. The uh, spoke with the owner and founder, and the guy said, "Hey, it's a phenomenal business. I got a phenomenal lifestyle, but guess what? The 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 actual operations manager got terminal cancer, and uh, and I, I I can't. And also, my sales manager quit. I don't have the bandwidth to hire people while collecting, while I'm selling, while I'm working on product development. It's a lot, and and I'm struggling. And I have five grandchildren that I want to really want to enjoy." And, and uh, you know, I need the help and I'm really going to struggle hiring. So it, you're solving a lot of issues while we, you know, with the product that we're trying to, to, to position with, with some of these older business owners. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll pause there. So you said 75 million was the sweet spot. Is that give or take? 
No, so actually, you know, our criteria is is somewhere between 20 and 75 million enterprise value. That would be the range of the size of the company we're looking for. Um, that 20, of course, is give, give or take, you know, we can do a little bit under, uh, but, you know, definitely looking for, for a company that has some solid background. So for us, uh, that is something that, for, that looks like, you know, it has some revenue visibility. Um, that excludes anything that's project-based. So construction or engineering would be out of the scope. Uh, but really what we're looking is, is something where, where we can add value, grow it for the long term, and, you know, has a good outcome at the end for everyone. Got it. And, and when you mean the companies that are your scope, construction is something that you guys want to be part of, you mean? No. So, so anything that is not project-based. So, um, you know, we, we want to jump into a situation where the company has some recurrency in revenue or some revenue visibility. It could be reoccurrence, could be even, you know, healthcare clinics, for instance, uh, could be a good example of, you know, you don't really have a contract with the patients, but they come in every day, right? So uh, that's that's something that, that works for us. We, we've been spending a little bit more time in the insurance industry, uh, 3PL logistics, and, you know, a couple other industries. But... Um, but that's that's basically where we play. Uh, we typically like to spend some time in B two B services. Uh, but again, you know, there's certain B two C like healthcare companies that work great with the model. So dream, dream opportunity, dream clients. What what does that look like for you guys? Ay ay, Alejandro, that's such a tough question. <laughs> well, we've seen a lot of very cool companies. Um, one, one, the first example that comes to mind is this great little company. Um, ultimately, it didn't really come to fruition, and I'll share a little bit more why. But, uh, but to expand a little bit more on, on why this company was was great and why we like it, why why we liked it so much, it's a uh, it's an insurance business, or rather, it's a, a compliance and licensing business for insurance agents and brokers. Sounds fancy, sounds complicated, but uh, at the core of it, the only thing that they were doing is they were ensuring their clients were, were compliant with state regulators, avoid penalties, avoid taxes, and, and the such. So agents and brokers have all these stringent requirements so that they can place insurance products with, uh, with customers like the three of us. And uh, every single state has all these difficult regulations around, you know, the way they handle business. So this target that we were looking at and that we love, their business was just to remind everybody, agents and brokers, that, hey, you got to file this. You got to file form F18 in the state of Colorado. You have to pay uh, a tax on, you know, for the state of Arizona, that type of stuff. So you can imagine the revenue visibility there was wonderful very little uh, staff to operate the business and uh, and uh, great people too, right? We love the people. The owners were Hispanic. We connected very, very well. And, uh, you know, it, it was a target that it was probably a little bit too, too small for, for us and, and, and for our investors. But uh, with a little luck, you know, you, you never know, right? Maybe next year it, it, it happens. But uh, we, those are, that's one example of a business we really liked. I'm sure we have others. Yeah, I agree. One of the things that, that I would add there is that, um, 
you know, and, and the owners told us uh, one of the things why they chose us as, as potential acquirers was because they, they really cared about their legacy, right? They, they had employees that had been with them for over 20 years. Uh, you know, they, they felt like family. It, it, they had a legacy in the community and, and they felt like us taking over would be a continuation of that. And, and I really feel like, you know, we connected well. Unfortunately, the opportunity, uh, you know, did not work out because of different reasons. It, it, was, it was too small. We couldn't make it work. But uh, it was, I, I mean, if we can find a similar company here in Florida, that would be perfect for us, let's say, or elsewhere. We're, we're really doing a nationwide search, but, you know, being close to Kiwi Skane, uh, it's always a plus, right? <laughs> I like that. That That's one of the things that stood out to me when we were doing our pre-podcast um, coffee, <laughs> that, that you guys really wanted to maintain that, that legacy, that hard work that that individual has put, that sweat, you know, that sweat equity, that all those dreams that have come to fruition. And then you want to hand off to someone that wants to continue that, you know, so it's, I would say that's, that's a very niche market, someone who wants to sell, but also wants to maintain that, all that passion, all that vision that they have thrown into and made into a sales business. I mean, I, I like that approach that you guys are taking. So, awesome. you know, you, you'll be surprised about how how important it is and, and how often it doesn't get resolved. Right. So imagine you have this, you know, beautiful business. You sell to your largest competitor. Guess what? Your largest competitor. The first thing they're going to do is they're going to rebrand you. Right. They're going to they're going to it's not going to be called Valley Business Corp. It's going to be called competitor business corp. And uh, that matters a lot for someone that worked in the business for 40 years. It's, it, it's, you know, it's, it's everything, right? It, sometimes it's even more important than price. Uh, if you sell to a typical, your typical villainous financial buyer, because what is the first thing they're going to do? They're going to slash costs and they're going to ask you to stay in the business forever. So, so in our case, uh, we, we, de- we depend on the existing management team. And, uh, and instead of just, you know, firing everybody, we're going to add ourselves to the mix and, and roll up our sleeves and work that business. So sometimes it's just a wonderful avenue for, for a lot of owners out there, especially for, for the size we're looking for. Uh, and by the way, I, I just want to add, we, we do intend to pay a fair price, of course, but, uh, you know, some owners also care about other things, right? So, so we plan to be competitive in price, but offer a little bit more or much more than all of these buyers, right? So, I, I don't know a lot about your field, but I can imagine that what you guys are proposing is that not only you guys are investing, buying, is you guys are putting yourself in the mix, like you said, Adam, right? You guys are going to be knee deep in the operation, managing it yourselves. Exactly. Literally. I don't know. I don't know. If that's something that happens often. It, it seldom happens. It, often, what often happens is you sell to your largest competitor, and they got the mm. management team, so they don't need anybody. They don't need anybody. Uh, they don't need anyone on your team. They can just replace you in a nanosecond. If you sell to a financial buyer, they they're going to reduce costs, and the largest cost is mm. typically people. So, so sure, you know, uh, your your competitor can probably maximize, you know, your valuation because they have synergies and all that, and that makes total sense. But it comes with the cost. It comes with the cost of uh, neglecting your legacy, neglecting your people, and 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 that matters to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah that, I'm sure you did. I'm, go ahead. Go no, ahead no, no. Uh, that that's that's exactly right. Like Adan was saying, I, I think that um, you know, just 
for us, it's very important to retain the, the human capital because we're going to be jumping into a situation where, you know, it, it's going to be all new for us. So uh, we do plan on leveraging what's there, what that owner has built and building on top of that. Right. So so that's going to be, you know, one of the main levers for us to retain. Got it. You guys are currently looking for businesses like you guys said before, right? Yep. Can you guys expand a little bit more about that? Yes, sir. We are actually very actively looking. We are trying to get in touch with as many business owners as possible. I would encourage any business owner that is listening or, or looking at this podcast to, to go on our website, lionfieldcap.com and you know learn a little bit more about what we are doing, who we are and what we have to offer. And, and if it's appealing, please do reach out, email, phone. Um, they're, you know, we're very happy to speak with you and you can explore your options and we can take the conversation however you like it. Thank you so much. Great, great. I'll definitely put that in the show notes. So please take a look at those. But we're not, we're not fully done. We have, I want to go back to Kibiskane. So I, I always like to ask my guests, what is your favorite part of Keep This Game? Let's start with Adan. Uh, um, you know, I, You're I, new, I really, so you, you know. what was that? You're new in the keys. I, honestly, I, I, I just really love that everything is walking distance. Uh, I love walking. I walk with my family all the time. Uh, my kids go to the park every day and I walk to, you know, the mass uh, grocery store. So I, that part is, is just lovely. It's a lovely town. So, so, you know, you can always appreciate that. And, and the fact that everything is closed, right? I mean, I walk to the beach at least twice a week and, uh, and you know, that's, those are great memories that I'm building with, with the kids. Yeah. For, awesome. For me, Kiwis Kane, I think I love the sense of community in the island. I've met a lot of great people, um, you know, really made a lot of friends through, through my daughter's school, um, through family, uh, just friends in common. I, I, I love the sense of community. I, I also love that it's safe for the kids and, you know, especially with a young one, uh, feel very, very happy to be there, to be honest. It was a great place to spend the pandemic as well. Very, you know, the outdoors, the beach, the, the parks. I, I love Kiwis King, to be honest. Thank you. And I know that we're running out of time. I have one more question about the key. Can you guys describe for me a perfect weekend for you guys here in Cubes Game? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I try to do it every weekend. I go down to the pool, uh, do some barbecue, then go out to the beach. I live in one of those buildings that, you know, it's close to the water. So it's very, very, very nice to do that every single weekend. I don't need to change that. And my daughter's very happy to do it as well. I would say that the farmer's market on Saturdays is also phenomenal. It's a nice. every single weekend. Nice. Good touch. Thank you for everyone that's there. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's actually great. Uh, honestly, it's very similar. Not trying to, to, to copy the, the response, but, you know, Fridays I get home and maybe I'll have a glass of wine with my wife. And we've had plans. That's great. Uh, typically Saturdays. And, and honestly, this is the perfect Saturday for me. And wake up. I play with my kids. I usually take them to swimming uh, lessons. Well, I'll take the one, the two-year-old. 
to swimming lessons, and right after that, we we just go to the uh, farmers market every Saturday, buy the same things, just hang out with the uh, with my Mexican friends there who are running the fruit and vegetable stand. Uh, shout out to them, <laughs> and uh, and um, yeah, just you know, do the same. I try to go to the beach Saturday and Sunday, and and just enjoy it. Beautiful, yep. perfect. The most simplest moments are the best. Exactly. So. Right. Gentlemen, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for sharing your Kibiskane story, telling us about your your Lionfield capital. And, and yeah, thank you so much, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you for the invite, Alejandro. Pleasure. Alejandro, thank you so much. I really appreciate the interview. Thank you.